Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Welcome to another weekly episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today's Sunday episode, we are going to talk all about clinic and specifically Sarah's clinical rotation over the last four, four and a half weeks. And I can't wait to hear more because I've been hearing clinic stories, especially some ones, some of them that we are going to share <laughs> that are actually pretty pretty funny. And if you have any fun clinic stories or <laughs> that you want to share, definitely message us send on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, send them over. We want to hear them. And we're so excited. So before we get started, Sarah, briefly, let's talk about the last week in clinic. Oh, my this, last this, week. This last week. We are recording this on Saturday morning. I just got back last night. So this last week was very bittersweet because as most of you who've gone through clinicals know, clinicals, even if you're at a shitty clinical, it is way better than sitting in class, in my humble opinion, because most of us go into physical therapy because we love exercise and all the things that come with it. And so sitting in class for eight hours a day, whatever, can be quite draining, <laughs> more draining than clinic when you're actually out there doing the thing that you're studying to be able to do in school. And so it's been great to like be up and moving and like helping patients and doing evals and all of that. Um, but on my last day yesterday, I had to go through, because we have repeat patients. I was at an outpatient private practice clinic in a small town. So the people who go there, they go there a lot for the social aspect. So I had seen a lot of the same patients several times a week for the last month. And so saying goodbye to every single patient that went through was not my favorite thing, <laughs> but I learned a lot in the clinical. We'll get into it later, but it was very bittersweet this week. I ate a lot of pizza and donuts yesterday because people brought in food. And so I had a donut for breakfast, pizza for lunch and dinner. And when I got back to Slippery Rock, I had a donut and some wine with my roommate. <laughs> And that's the way to end the clinical with all of the food on your last day, really the last week, because patients bring you stuff. Everybody who you work with brings you stuff. And it is bittersweet though, but I'm glad that you enjoyed all of the sweets. And <laughs> birds. Time to work but out again. <laughs> but Gabby, what about you? How was your week? Yeah, this week was, let's see, let me think. I had one exam this week, so it wasn't too bad. It was more of really, it was kind of crazy in regards to things. I don't know if I feel like I've mentioned it already, but I have the opportunity to go with six of my or five of my classmates and my professor for a service learning trip to Jamaica. And we are going in May for 10 days. And I'm super, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for it. And just to have the opportunity to serve this population. And it has been stressful booking flights and getting all that 
together this week. So that has been, that has been a lot and just trying to uh, make sure I'm prepared for this upcoming week for three exams. And I know all of you, those weeks, you're just trying to prepare as much as possible, but things don't go as planned. And it's, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to stress out over it, but at least for now, I'm not going to stress out over it. You got it. It'll be fun. You're going to Jamaica. Ah. It's going to be incredible just hearing from other students who have gone and the class above me who has gone. It's just a wonderful experience to, you know, learn about the Jamaican culture and just serving the patients there. So I'm really looking forward to it. So that will be good. We'll do a whole episode on it after you get back. All right, Sarah. So this clinical rotation, what was one, one thing you learned? We'll start oh, off with that. Just one. one. <laughs> or oh, many things. Oh, geez. Well, you know, okay. So my CI, he was going for his fellowship in manual therapy. He, he'll finish it. He's pretty much done with all the work right now. Um, and he'll finish it in like April. He just has to do like a presentation at a conference, which he's working on finding, but he was very, he's been practicing for a long time. He's had his practice for many, many years. And he is like the most popular practice in the small town that I went to. It is a little bigger than where I'm at now. <laughs> it's about four times the size of where I'm at now, but it's about equal the size when you consider when students are in my current small town. So it's not a huge area and it's not a, you know, they don't have tons of access to great healthcare. And so he has a very busy clinic. It is a high volume clinic. So just to learn from him, even though he's the owner and he's crazy busy, he was kind of all over the place because that's not his only business. He built a gym connected to it. And so he's got like, they call it the health club, but he's got that over there. And then there's like a big door and wall that separates them so that the one side locks and closes. The physical therapy side of the gym is locked and closed after hours because the health club is 24 seven and it's so nice. So I got to have somewhere to work out, but he's very intelligent. And so I learned a lot of things about MSK and things that I haven't had yet because I only had lower extremity musculoskeletal, which was a challenge going into this kind of setting because an outpatient, it's kind of everything. So you learn a lot because I didn't know a ton about the upper extremity and spine yet. And it was great to still be able to go through some basic upper extremity evals. We had a lot of post-surgical patients. So it was pretty straightforward and I felt pretty confident going out of there, like following the protocols by the doctors and coming up with different exercises based on those protocols and a lot of note-taking. I felt really good with the, they had a great documentation system. In my opinion, I haven't dealt with many, but it was better than the last clinical I was at. (laughs) I don't know, Gabby, what, what kind of documentation systems do you guys have or what have you used? Yeah. So for our clinical rotations locally, everybody uses Epic, and that's what I've used. But then for our pro bono clinic, we use WebPT. So mm-hmm. I'm familiar with both platforms, and we use them quite frequently, especially with having our rotations and pro bono clinic together. So those are the, the top two, or really the main two that we use. What was their system? That the they one used? that he used was really unique. 
<clears throat> excuse me, I haven't really seen it or heard of it, to be honest with you, but it was called Thera Office. So it was, I don't know. It was cool. I liked it. The other one I was using at my first clinical when I was living with you was with Benchmark and they were just transitioning to Raintree, which was a little bit more challenging to navigate. I think I was only there for two weeks, so I think if I had a little bit more time and I actually had a laptop to work with, then I would have learned a little more. So it was nice now actually going through an entire eval by myself and like the notes and everything, even if it was a straightforward post-surgical like rotator cuff repair or total knee replacement, I felt pretty good about it. And that is always good when you feel great about your eval and even doing notes and really just building up that that confidence because you're going to have more clinical rotations and that was this was really you know you are a student performing evals doing treatments and doing documentation independently which is huge yeah and so that was nice i really loved it would recommend can't wait for the ne- for the next one because this one was really although the school said this was our 5 week rotation it started the day after New Year's Eve. No, the day after New Year's Day. So really, I was only there for four full weeks and then two days, which yeah. was pretty short. And I think by the time I left, like I, I felt ready to stay, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then going into what is one thing you took away from that rotation that you want to improve on for your next one? Oh God, there's so much more to learn. I feel like every rotation, even though I've only been on two and they were both pretty short, I, I go to it and I'm like, wow, I'm learning. You know, it's not that you're learning a ton of new things per se, although there are a lot of new things. I feel like the majority of what you're learning is simply just connecting the dots to all of this seemingly miscellaneous knowledge that you have. So that was the biggest takeaway from this clinical. Was that the question? I totally looked outside and blanked for a second. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. And then is there, I know when you get MSK. Oh, to improve on. Oh, everything. Yeah. 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 Learn a lot more. Now I know what I don't know, or at least Mm -hmm. I know more of what I don't know and need to go and study. So a lot of, I would say Therex, um, this particular clinic had a ton of modalities. So I need to review modality like contraindications and that kind of stuff which it's a whole nother thing whether I will or will not use modalities in my future practice doesn't matter because I need to be able to use it for the future clinicals that go on and to pass the board so for those of you who are feeling the same way you're out there you're like why are we using all these modalities da 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 you need to know it to pass the boards that's really what you got to do whether you choose to use it after you graduate or not so I need to review that because I didn't review it. I thought to myself, oh, it's a private practice. They may or may not. I didn't, I didn't think that they would use so many, but they do. We had laser, we had, we had blood flow restriction, which I got to do my in-service on. They had all the things. They, they had dynothermy, but we didn't use it there because they're, they didn't have the machine anymore. They had just like sent it to be fixed or something, but any modality you could think of, they had it there. They had an arm CPG or CPM, CPG. <laughs> they had an upper extremity and lower extremity CPM. They had two upper extremity CPMs, which I had never seen. But they use that thing like it's like it's sliced bread, like it's amazing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I've never heard of a clinic having that many CPM machines, but 
going back to your in-service, how was that whole process of making your presentation? I know each location, when you go on your clinicals, they require different things, but for a majority of them, there's usually a in-service or presentation that you have to do. So how is that on really talking about blood flow restriction? You know, I had fun with it because I, at least in my program, we don't go over blood flow restriction. Most programs don't now because it's not a requirement. It's not on the boards. And basically what you're learning in school is driven by what's going to be on the boards, unfortunately. So until that changes, I don't see a ton of programs, including this in detail at least. So it was great for me to see that. Um, They used it a lot because they had the gym next door. So they had it for wellness as well as recovery. So I got to research a lot about it. My CI did one of his many presentations on BFR. So he knew a lot about it and he loves it. And it was great to try it on myself and then do the in-service on it. So he already had a ton of articles for me to go over and read. So I didn't have to do a ton of independent research. I just went through the articles that he had given. I did a little bit of independent research during the previous semester for evidence-based practice for some small project thing, but it wasn't anything huge. So it was nice to see it in action. Be like, wow, people use this. And you know what? The results were incredible. Like he used it you use it a lot for prevention of disuse atrophy. So if somebody's about to get a surgery or, you know, post-surgical, you can put it on their leg and they don't even have to move it and they'll still get hypertrophy of the muscle, which is crazy. And the results are just like insane. You can just get stronger and have a larger muscle mass in one to three weeks compared to high load training where it's like six to eight weeks and you have the same, if not better, results. Yeah, that is, that is wild. And I didn't know a lot. Well, I I don't know a lot about blood flow restriction. And this is such a a new, a new topic in our field. And I'm excited to see how, how it's implemented in clinics and how more clinicians are going to be using it. So that's really exciting. You got to do that in service and something that you're genuinely interested in Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, if any of you uh, want to hear more about it, I have a lot more to work on because I guess I had some professors who were interested in adding it to MSK. And so as the technology GA, this is my task to expand on that. So I'll be working a lot on that over the next semester. So I'm excited. Looking forward to it. That's awesome. And let's see, what else? So I didn't, although Gabby and I have talked about this a lot, just to give you a layout of this type of clinic, it's a little different than other private practice clinics that I've been in because I have worked at other private practices before, not during PT school, but you know, before PT school, I worked in one. And so this layout was a free for all. I have never seen anything like this. So it was a smaller clinic. It was my CI was the only physical therapist. For now, they're looking to hire, but it's, a, it's in a small town, so it's like hard to get people to come out there because it's like an hour plus from Buffalo. I think that's the closest big city. It's more than that. I think it's like an hour and a half. I don't even know, but it's hard to find people to work there. So he's the only physical therapist there. And then the, he has three PTAs, two of which are full-time, and then he has two people at the front desk, and that's it. And it's a free-for-all. So when there, you have so many patients coming through in a day, 
And it's just, they come in and the PTAs are out in the gym all the time. And then me and my CI were doing the evals. So after the evals, we would create the plan of care, send it off to the PTA, it's on. And then they just, whatever patient walks in, doesn't matter which PTA grabs them, but the PTAs just float around to all the patients in the gym. None of you can see my hands, but I'm making circles because it felt like this constant chaos of like bouncing around at a high volume clinic where it was a free for all. It was interesting, but you know what? The patients, because they do kind of use it as a social hour, a lot of them come there because they really love it and they know each other. Like all the patients know each other. And I just never really seen that before because the gym is open. The PT side of the gym is open. So you can all see each other and the eval rooms are closed off. So the evals, there are rooms that we can take people to if they need some more private treatment, but it's very open. So it's very much a social day, like when I'm there full time, but for them, social hour-ish and they love it. It was great. And I think that's, that's a big thing. And first of all, I've never heard of that model of doing things. So if you are on a clinical or have been on a clinical that does that, let us know. We, we always like to hear the layout of whatever clinical rotation you're on, the layout of how they um, work with, you know, the PTs and the PTAs and the other staff. But it is really cool, though, that although it's for social hour, I feel like that, that makes them motivated because when they see someone mm-hmm. that they know or they, they see they're like, all right, you know, let's do our exercises together, even if they're two different body parts. It's, it's more of that motivation aspect of PT is not a bad thing. Like people, I feel like some patients say, oh, like, I don't want to go to PT because they're just going to be hurting. Pain and torture. Pain and torture. (laughs) And, and that's really good. False. It is false. false. And to know that you have that social aspect and really just making it more of a positive experience of, all right, I want to get better and I'm able to do it with people around me who I can talk to and socialize with. I think that really does help in the prognosis and just getting patients better. So that's really cool that they they have that aspect of it. Yeah. It was interesting. I've never seen that before. I was in New York, I should say, where I sat. New York. (laughs) Not New York City, like small town New York, (laughs) because the rest of New York is pretty much like Pennsylvania. But Then you have New York City, which is the outlier way on the other side. And now looking forward to your next rotation, when is, or when will that be? Ooh, you know, I still can't say where I'm at, but I know I've told some of you, but I will be, it will be in July. Okay. It will be the end of July. So, oh no, no. We have our white coat ceremony, July 17th which is like the last day of in-class work. So I will not be sitting in class at Slippery Rock after July 17th. I will be out for long-term rotations. And I don't know the exact start date, but I think it's in August. We have like a couple weeks to move and figure things out for our long-term rotations. And we have two 15-week rotations. Looking forward to it. Literally counting down the days. We have less than a year, less than six months away five months and 15 days let's just put that into perspective gabby's face right now is like oh shit like what that's literally (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that's crazy i just had 
a moment. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it flies by. And when you think about it in that perspective of we are going on our long-term clinical rotations this year, less than six months, less than a year, really. It's just wild. It's really crazy to me now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Your mind has just been blown. <laughs> oh, but funny story. Let's, let's just share some of these funny stories here. So at my clinical, I'm sure many of you, you know, old people say the funniest things. And although I didn't treat explicitly old people, there were a lot of old people there. So this person, she came in, her script straight up said fecal incontinence. I don't know why they sent us to us because we're not like pelvic floor. But the thing is, like I said, they don't have access to great healthcare. So there's not a close by pelvic floor specialist or, or pelvic floor PT or anything. So she was sent to us and she came in and I was in the eval room. This was probably the first or second week of my rotation. <laughs> and she's in there with her husband and I'm in there with my CI and he's going through getting the history and she goes into detail. She's like, yeah, I was, I was having trouble. Like I couldn't go at all. And then my doctor gave me some of these fiber pills and it's like a barracuda in the toilet. <laughs> And she's like, and then my CID tried to not just like die of laughter. I could not look at him throughout the entire eval just because this lady was hilarious, but she was so serious. Oh, she was so serious. And so then she died laughing at the end. It was fine, but it was just so funny. And she wasn't even having any problems anymore. She just came to us because the doctor told her to. You know, that, that used to be the thing in the previous generations. They just did whatever the doctor said. But she came to us and she had no signs or symptoms anymore. She was not having any pain. So we just took her through a workout that we would have because she drove so long to come and see us because she lived out in who knows where. Oh my gosh, that was just one of those stories. <sighs> and the clinic stories that you have, you will just... <laughs> crack up and there will always be a few that you'll remember and just look back on and say wow in the moment if the patient's being serious and they're, they're saying <laughs> if they're saying something like that you have to read the situation if you know your ci is laughing or if the patient's laughing and they it's more cracked up afterwards but it was quite an awkward delay that's for yeah. sure oh yeah but yeah, I would, for me, I can't keep a straight face, period, for you guys that know me. And I, I would just have to put my head down because I would just be, until that moment came of, okay, we're laughing about it. But yeah, that, that's funny. That is <laughs> wild. <laughs> so my classmates, I died. And for my classmates listening, I'm just going to share a few of these because they, they were so funny but anonymously. So in our group me, we had messages going back and forth about clinical stuff, what was going on. And one of my classmates, this is what happened. He goes, today I had a patient that had back pain that ran down her leg. And I asked her what made it feel better. She looked me dead in the eyes and said, the only thing that makes my pain better is a doggy position. And then he put a face like, I don't know what kind of meme it is, but that face like, oh, <laughs> Things patients say, dot, dot, dot. 
Oh my God. And one more different person. He said, I asked a patient when the last time they asked, they, blah, blah, excuse me. I asked a patient when the last time they exercised was, and she said about three months ago, unless you count sex. <laughs> oh my God. I missed out there. I won't share all of them, but it was so funny. So funny. Oh my gosh. These are just, they're great clinic stories and your patients that just tells you how much your patients will open up to you and they'll tell you anything and everything. And so that's why we spend, we spend so much time with our patients and getting to know them and their story. And they're just going to say things because they're comfortable with you there. And (laughs) oh man, if you haven't had that already, you're going to get it at one point or another. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was something that's for sure. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. (laughs) And for all of you on your clinical rotations, we would love to hear how that is going and any stories, any patient stories, funny or serious, where you had to refer someone because it was out of your scope and you couldn't, you had to refer them to, refer them out. And we would love to hear them because all, all clinical rotations are different and we would love to hear your experiences. Share them. We'll share them if you're okay with us sharing them. You know, make life humorous. Make life humorous. <laughs> Bye, physio memes. Andrew Tran. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G R. A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description. 